ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so we've done a few classes so far where we've been talking about the virtues of dhikr and the benefits of dhikr and we also mentioned the threat or the dispraiseworthiness of those who are negligent of the dhikr of Allah today then we'll begin with the chapter that starts talking about a particular type of dhikr a particular type of the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is the Quran itself so the best type of remembrance the best type of dhikr it is in the Quran itself afdalu dhikr al-Quran al-Kareem إِنَّ خَيْرَ مَا يَنْبَغِي لِلْعَبْدِ أَنْ يَذْكُرَ اللَّهَ بِهِ هُوَ كَلَامُهُ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى The best thing that it is suitable for a servant to remember Allah with is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala الذي هو خير الكلام وأحسنه وأصدقه وأنفعه The speech of Allah which is the best of speech and the most truthful and the most beneficial وهو وحي الله وتنزيله الذي لا يأتيه الباطل من بين يديه ولا من خلفه And that is the speech of Allah, the revelation from Allah, revealed from Him upon which no falsehood comes. It is all truth and revelation, the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَهُوَ أَفْضَلُ كِتَابٍ أَنزَلَهُ اللَّهُ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى عَلَىٰ أَفْضَلِ الرُّسُلِ and that is the best of the books, the Qur'an, that Allah revealed upon the best of the messengers, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah ta'ala, fi bayan sharafi hadha al-Qur'an al-Kareem, wa fadlihi, Allah mentioned regarding the greatness, the nobility of this Qur'an وَلَا يَأْتُونَكَ بِمَثَلٍ إِلَّا جِئْنَاكَ بِالْحَقِّ وَأَحْسَنَ تَفْسِيرًا قال ابن كثير رحمه الله في هذا اعتناء كبير لشرف الرسول صلوات الله وسلامه عليه حيث كان يأتيه الملك بالقرآن صباحا ومساء سفرا وحضرا فكل مرة كان يأتيه الملك بالقرآن لا كإنزال الكتاب مما قبله من الكتب المتقدمة فهذا المقام أعلى وأجل وأعظم مكانة من سائر إخوانه من الأنبياء صلوات الله وسلامه عليهم أجمعين فالقرآن أشرف كتاب أنزله الله وَمُحَمَّدْ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ أَعْظَمُ نَبِيٍ أَرْسَلَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى In this ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that they do not come to you with an example except that we come to you with the truth and the best of explanation Ibn Kathir mentioned regarding this ayah that there is a great degree of importance to the nobility of the Prophet ﷺ that the angel used to come to him with the Qur'an morning and evening whilst traveling or resident the angel used to come to him with the Qur'an morning and evening 
whether the Prophet ﷺ was traveling or resident. So every time the angel used to come to him with the Qur'an, so this was not the same as the revelation of the previous books. This manner of revelation of how the angel used to come to him morning and evening upon travel or residence, that indicates the great nobility of this revelation upon the final messenger. This revelation, it was something superior to the previous books and their revelations. So the status of the Prophet ﷺ, it is greater and superior to the status of the other prophets and messengers. So the Qur'an is the greatest of the books and Muhammad ﷺ is the greatest prophet that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent. إِنَّ فَضْلَ الْقُرْآنِ الْكَرِيمِ وَشَرَفَهُ وَرَفِيعَ قَدْرِهِ وَعُلُوَّ مَكَانَتِهِ أَمْرٌ لَا يَخْفَى عَلَى الْمُسْلِمِينَ فَهُوَ كِتَابُ اللَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ وَكَلَامُ خَالِقِ الْخَلْقِ أَجْمَعِينَ The great status and the virtue of the Qur'an is not something that is hidden from the Muslims. The Muslims, they know about the greatness of the Qur'an and the high status of the Qur'an and that it is the book from Allah, the Lord of all of mankind and creation. Within the Qur'an is information of what came before us. And news of what will come after us in the future. وَحُكْمُ مَا بَيْنَنَا And rulings upon what occurs between us. هُوَ الْفَصْلُ لَيْسَ بِالْهَزْلِ مَنْ تَرَكَهُ مِنْ جَبَّارٍ قَصَمَهُ اللَّهِ وَمَنْ ابْتَغَى الْهُدَى فِي غَيْرِهِ أَضَلَّهُ اللَّهِ وَهُوَ حَبْلُ اللَّهِ الْمَتِينِ وَهُوَ الذِّكْرُ الْحَكِيمِ وهو الصراط المستقيم هو الذي لا يزيغ به الأهواء ولا تلتبس به الألسن ولا يشبع منه العلماء ولا يخلق عن كثرة الرد This Quran it is within it news of the past and history and what happened to the nations before us and within it is news of what will come after us and whomsoever abandons the Qur'an, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cause him to be misguided. Whomsoever seeks guidance from other than the Qur'an, then Allah will cause him to become misguided. It is the firm rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the great remembrance, the straight path, this Qur'an has a tremendous station, a tremendous position, a great nobility. And that's why when we're talking about the remembrance of Allah, the first thing that comes up is the Qur'an. Remembrance of Allah in the Qur'an, the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, إِنَّ قَدَرَ الْقُرْآنِ وَفَضْلِهِ وَفَضْلَهُ هُوَ بِقَدَرِ الْمَوْصُوفِ بِهِ وَفَضْلِهِ فَالْقُرْآنُ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ وَصِفَتُهُ كَمَا أَنَّهُ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى لَا سَمِيَّ لَهُ وَلَا شَبِيهَ فِي أَسْمَائِهِ وَصِفَاتِهِ فَلَا سَمِيَّ لَهُ وَلَا شَبِيهَ لَهُ فِي كَلَامِهِ The Qur'an, why is it that it has such a high status? Because the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. It is the attribute of Allah. The speech of Allah. And we know that there is nothing that resembles or is comparable to the attributes, to the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
And so this Quran, it does not have any comparison. It does not have anything that resembles it. And Allah mentioned in the Quran, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ That there is nothing like unto Allah, and He is the all-hearing and all-seeing. So there is a huge difference between the speech of Allah and the speech of creation. This Quran is not the speech of creation. This Quran is not created. This Quran is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that indicates to you the great status of the Quran. It's mentioned Abu Abdul Rahman As-Sulami said, فضل القرآن على سائر الكلام كفضل الرب على خلقه وذلك أنه منه that the virtue of the Quran upon all other types of speech the virtue of the Quran upon all other speech is like the superiority and the virtue of the Lord upon his creation why? Because that is the same there. The Quran is an attribute of Allah. And therefore it has the virtue and the superiority over creation. So this all indicates to us initially the great virtue of the Quran, the great status of the Quran, <coughs> and that when it comes to the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the dhikr, then the first thing that comes to mind is the Qur'an. And the first stage of that remembrance of Allah is in the Qur'an. So, إِنَّ الْوَاجِبَ عَلَيْنَا أَن نُعَظِّمَ الْقُرْآنَ الْكَرِيمِ We must have that greatness for the Qur'an. الذي هو مصدر عزنا وسبيل سعادتنا the Quran that is the source of our honor and our strength from the Quran the speech of Allah the revelation the guidance and it is the path to our happiness learning and practicing what's in the Quran ونحفظ له منزلته ومكانته and so we preserve its station and high rank and position, the Qur'an. Yaqul ibn Mas'ud, ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu says, Man kana yuhibbu an ya'lama annahu yuhibbu Allah fal ya'arid nafsahu ala al-Qur'an فَإِنْ أَحَبَّ الْقُرْآنِ فَهُوَ يُحِبُّ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّمَا الْقُرْآنُ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu said Whomsoever wishes or likes to know if he loves Allah if you want to know what your position is with your love for Allah then check yourself with the Qur'an if you love the Qur'an, then that means you love Allah. Because the Qur'an, it is the speech of Allah. So if you want to check yourself, are you a servant who loves Allah? Then check yourself regarding the Qur'an. What is your relationship with the Qur'an? Do you recite the Qur'an? Do you memorize the Qur'an? Do you understand and learn the meanings of the Qur'an? If you do not do any of that, then that indicates a weakness of your love for Allah. But if you do that, then it indicates that you indeed love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because love of the Qur'an is love for Allah. That is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيَقُولُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ And Abdullah ibn Mas'ud رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ also said, القرآن كلام الله فمن رد منه شيئا فإنما يرد على الله The Quran, it is the speech of Allah. 
So whomsoever rejects anything from it, rebuts anything of it, then it is your rejection upon Allah, your rebuttal of Allah. So you cannot reject anything of the Qur'an, refuse anything of the Qur'an. That is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. والآثار في هذا المعنى كثيرة and there are many narrations many statements of the Salaf regarding that affair <coughs> then regarding the Quran نزول القرآن في شهر رمضان the Quran was revealed in the month of Ramadan. La rayba anna min ajalli ni'amillahi ala al-itlaq wa ashrafiha wa a'zamiha ni'mat inzalihi al-kitab al-azim ala abdihi wa rasulihi nabiyina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. From the greatest of blessings from the greatest of the blessings of Allah is the revelation of the Qur'an upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَهَذِهِ نِعْمَةٌ عُذْمًا وَمِنَّةٌ كُبْرًا إِمْتَنَّ اللَّهُ بِهَا عَلَىٰ عِبَادِهِ So this is the greatest, a great blessing and a great uh, endowment from Allah upon us something that he bestowed upon us that he revealed this Quran upon us and inna li shahri ramadhan al-kareem shahr al-sawm khususiyya bil-Quran the month of Ramadan has a specific connection to the Quran فَهُوَ الشَّهْرَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ فِيهِ الْقُرْآنَ الْكَرِيمِ هُدًا لِلنَّاسِ It is in the month of Ramadan that the Qur'an, it was revealed as a guidance to mankind. وَقَدْ امْتَدَحَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى فِي الْآيَةِ الْكَرِيمَةِ الْمُتَقَدِّمَةِ شَهْرَ الصِّيَامِ Allah praises this month as it was mentioned شَهْرُ رَمَضَانَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ فِيهِ الْقُرْآنَ هُدًا لِلنَّاسِ وَبَيِّنَاتٍ مِّنَ الْهُدَى وَالْفُرْقَانَ The month of Ramadan in which Allah revealed the Qur'an as a guidance to mankind and clarification in that guidance and criteria. So Allah selected this month and gave it that specific uh, attribute or characteristic that the Quran was revealed in it in the month of Ramadan. Warada fil hadith bi annahu al-shahr al-ladhi kanat al-kutubu al-ilahiyya tanzil fihi ala al-anbiya. There is a narration that says all of the previous books, the revelations, they used to be revealed in the month of Ramadan. They all used to be revealed in that month. There is a narration, ففي المسند للإمام أحمد والمعجم الكبير للطبراني من حديث واثلة ابن الأسقع أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال أنزلت سحف إبراهيم في أول ليلة من رمضان that the scrolls or the parchments of Ibrahim they were revealed to him on the night of Ramadan when Ramadan was going to begin on the night of Ramadan they were revealed to him وَأُنزِلَتْ أَتَّوْرَاتِ لِسِتِّنْ مَضَيْنَ مِنْ رَمَضَانِ And the Torah was revealed after six days into Ramadan. After six days into Ramadan. وَالْإِنْجِيلِ لِثَلَاثْ عَشَرَ خَلَتْ مِنْ رَمَضَانِ 
and the Injil 13 days into Ramadan. وَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ الْقُرْآنَ لِأَرْبَعٍ وَعِشْرِينَ خَلَتْ مِنْ رَمَضَانِ And the Qur'an was revealed from the 24th into Ramadan. So all of these revelations, it would appear from this narration, they were all revealed in the month of Ramadan, the Qur'an, the Injil, the Tawrat, all of them being mentioned here as being revealed in the month of Ramadan. And there is some speech regarding this particular narration. And some of the scholars have indicated that it is weak. But if it is authentic, in sahah, هذا الحديث فهو يدل على أن شهر رمضان هو الشهر الذي كانت تنزل فيه الكتب الإلهية. If the narration is authentic, and some scholars say it is not, but if it is, then it would indicate that the revelations all came in the month of Ramadan, and that would indicate a virtue for the month of Ramadan. <coughs> then it mentions, Rawa al-Hakim an Sa'id ibn Jubair, عن ابن عباس قال أنزل القرآن جملة واحدة إلى سماء الدنيا وكان بمواقع النجوم وكان الله ينزله على رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم بعضه في إثر بعض That the Quran all of it was revealed in one go to the skies of the earth to where the stars are to the skies of the earth and then from there, in portions, it was revealed to the Prophet wasallam one portion after the next. When was it revealed all in one go to the sky of this earth, to that level? That is, on Laylatul Qadr. أنزل القرآن جملة واحدة إلى سماء الدنيا Laylatul Qadr. On the night of decree, that's when all of it was revealed up to the heavens of this earth, to the sky of this earth, to where the stars are. And then after that, it was revealed in portions to the Prophet ﷺ. So this all indicates to you the virtue of the Qur'an. It indicates to you the virtue of the month of Ramadan. إِنَّ الْحِكْمَةِ فِي هَذَا النُّزُولِ هِيَ تَعْظِيمُ الْقُرْآنِ الْكَرِيمِ وَتَعْظِيمُ أَمْرِ مَنْ نَزَلَ عَلَيْهِ وَهُوَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم وَتَعْظِيمُ الشَّهْرَ الَّذِي نُزِّلَ فِيهِ وَهُوَ شَهْرُ رَمَضَانِ وَاللَّيْلَ الَّتِي نُزِّلَ فِيهَا وَهِيَ لَيْلَةُ الْقَدْرِ الَّتِي هِيَ خَيْرٌ مِنْ أَلْفِ شَهْرٍ So the fact that the Qur'an was revealed in this way it is a glorification of the Qur'an itself and also it indicates the greatness of the Messenger also the greatness of the month of Ramadan and also the greatness of the night of decree Laylatul Qadr within that revelation is a greatness of all of that and that's why it says inna anzalnahu fi Laylatul Qadr that indeed we revealed it on the night of decree. وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا لَيْلَةُ الْقَدْرِ And what will cause you to understand what is the night of the decree? لَيْلَةُ الْقَدْرِ خَيْرٌ مِّنْ أَلْفِ شَهْرٍ That night of decree, it is better than a thousand months. تَنَزَّلُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ وَالْرُوحُ فِيهَا بِإِذْنِ رَبِّهِمْ مِنْ كُلِّ أَمْرِ سَلَامٌ هِيَ حَتَّى مَطْلَعِ الْفَجْرِ the angels and Jibreel, they come on that night by the permission of Allah with all of his commands. And there is safety and peace up until the sunrise. That night is the night of decree upon which the revelation of the Qur'an began. Better than a thousand months in worship for that one night of worship. 
ثم إنما تقدم ليدل أعظم دلالة على عظم شأن شهر الصوم So this again indicates to you the greatness of the virtues of the month of fasting the month of Ramadan in which this Quran was revealed and there are many narrations about Ramadan and the virtues of Ramadan and sufficient to know now though that this is the virtue of it overall and the Quran was revealed within it then we've just said now the greatest dhikr it is the Quran because we're talking about the dhikr the remembrance of Allah and we've talked about the virtues of it and we've talked about the Quran being that top form of remembrance now the question is then how and what exactly is the dhikr of Allah from the Quran what do we mean by the dhikr of Allah in relation to the Quran what is required of a person in terms of the Quran so in terms of the Quran there are several things that are required one of them is of course recitation of the Quran from the remembrance is of course the recitation of the Quran also memorization of it recitation of it memorization of it also understanding of it memorization of it understanding of it recitation of it and acting upon it those are the four main aspects that are required from a person regarding the Quran the recitation of it the memorization of it the understanding of it and acting upon it inna tilawat alquran wa tadabburihi hiya a'zam abwab alhidayah reciting the quran pondering over it it is one of the greatest means of guidance reading the quran pondering over its meanings it is one of the greatest forms of guidance for a person فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى قَدْ أَنزَلَ كِتَابَهُ الْمُبِينَ عَلَى عِبَادِهِ هُدًى وَرَحْمَةً وَضِيَاءً وَنُورًا وَبُشْرًا وَذِكْرًا لِلذَّاكِرِينَ وَجَعَلَهُ مُبَارَكًا وَهُدًى لِلْعَالَمِينَ Allah sent down this Qur'an upon the servants as a guidance, as a mercy, as light. as glad tidings as remembrance and Allah made it blessed and guidance for all of mankind all of creation wajala fihi shifa min al asqam wa la siyama asqam al qulub wa amradha min shubhat wa shahawat and Allah made the Quran a cure for the hearts a cure for the hearts and diseases of the hearts cure for them a cure for the diseases of the hearts in particular the diseases of doubts and desires وَجَعَلَهُ رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ and Allah made the Quran a mercy for all of creation يَهْدِي لِلَّتِي هِيَ أَقْوَمْ the Quran it guides to that which is more upright وَصَرَّفَ فِيهِ مِنَ الْآيَاتِ وَالْوَعِيدِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَّقُونَ أَوْ يَحْدُثُ لَهُمْ ذِكْرًا أَوْ يَحْدُثُ لَهُمْ ذِكْرًا so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this a guidance and has put within it the ayat and threats 
so that perhaps we may ponder and take admonition from that and that we may have piety and that it may bring about remembrance within us so this is what is in the Quran and this is generally what is required of a person regarding the Quran a person recites the Quran a person memorizes the Quran a person understands the Quran and that a person practices the Quran that is mentioned in the famous hadith also the famous hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said الدين النصيحة قالوا لمن يا رسول الله when the Prophet ﷺ said this religion, it is an-nasiha, advice, purity, sincerity. They said, to whom, O Messenger of Allah? He said, lillahi wa li kitabihi wa li rasoolihi wa li a'immatil muslimina wa li ammatihim. Sincerity, purity to Allah and to his book how is the nasiha to the book of Allah what is this advice or sincerity or purity to the book of Allah it is five things as Shaykh Al-Fawzan mentioned nasiha to the Quran is five things Number one is to have the correct aqidah regarding the Qur'an. That the Qur'an is the speech of Allah, not created. From Him it began and to Him it will return. Number two, to recite the Qur'an like we said. Number three, to memorize the Qur'an like we said. Number four, to understand the Qur'an, like we said, same as before. And number five, to practice the Qur'an. That, those five, those five is the meaning of uh, uh, the nasiha to the Qur'an. And nasiha regarding the Qur'an. Here now, adab hamalatil Qur'an. The mannerisms that you should have with the Qur'an. Remembrance from the Qur'an, it requires your mannerisms with the Qur'an. لَقَدْ مَرَّ مَعَنَا بَيَانُ فَضْلِ الْقُرْآنِ الْكَرِيمِ كَلَامُ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ وَعِظَمُ شَأْنِ تِلَاوَتِهِ وَتَدَبُّرِهِ We've already now spoken about the virtues of the Qur'an overall and that it is the speech of the Lord of all of creation. And we've spoken about the greatness of reciting the Qur'an, of pondering over it, knowing it, memorizing it, acting upon it. وَمَا يَتَرَتَّبُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ مِنْ أُجُورٍ عَظِيمًا وَأَفْضَالٍ كَرِيمًا وَخَيْرَاتٍ عَمِيمًا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ And there has been mention of the great rewards of it. And we didn't mention all of those great rewards, but there are many narrations about the rewards regarding the Qur'an. So for example, in reciting the Qur'an, there is the famous hadith that every letter that you recite in the Qur'an, you will get how many rewards? Ten hasanat for every letter that you recite of the Qur'an. And then the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that I don't mean alif lam mim is equal to ten hasanat. Alif lam mim, so there is alif and there is lam and there is mim. So when you read alif lam mim, already you have thirty rewards. Ten for alif, ten for lam. 10 for meme, 30 rewards already for the person who recites. So there is a great deal of reward for the one who recites the Quran and understands and practices the Quran. 
it is mentioned that the scholars and the great imams of the past always used to give a great deal of importance and emphasis around the Quran. Because of these great virtues of the Quran and the importance of the attachment to the Quran. We've already said some of the great scholars of the past, they would not even allow people to come and attend their class until that person had finished memorizing the Quran. Some of the Salaf, they used to say, go and memorize all of the Quran, then I will let you sit in my class. That is the level of importance they used to give it. When you read the biographies of the Salaf, you will see. And the great Imams that came after them, all of them you read in their biographies, so many of them, that they finished memorizing the Quran whilst they were still young, before the age of puberty, many of them eight years old, nine years old, ten years old. Importance to the Quran that they used to give. There is a famous hadith <coughs> in Sahih Muslim. Where the Prophet Sallallahu said, Inna Allah yarfa'u bihadha al-kitabi aqwaman wa yadha'u akhareen that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raises via the Quran people. Allah raises nations, raises people up because of the importance they give to this Quran, learning, memorizing, practicing. Allah raises them. And Allah debases, lowers others who are negligent of the Quran. Those who give importance to the Quran, learn, memorize, act upon it, understand it, Allah raises them up. And those who are negligent of it, Allah lowers them. And that statement is mentioned in that famous narration about Umar ibn al-Khattab. Uh, Amr ibn al-Khattab used to be the leader of the Khalifa. He was the Khalifa. So when he was the Khalifa, the second Khalifa, he had put Nafi' in charge of Medina as the deputy in, Medi in uh, Mecca. Sorry. He had put Nafi' as the deputy in Mecca. Amr ibn al-Khattab was the Khalifa. He was in Medina. And over the area of Mecca, he had put a deputy in charge, Nafi'. On one occasion, Nafi' traveled from Mecca and came to Medina to visit Umar ibn al-Khattab. So Umar ibn al-Khattab said to him, since Nafi' was his deputy he'd put in charge over Mecca, he was here now. So Umar said to him, who have you left in charge in your absence? Who have you put in charge temporarily for a while whilst you're here visiting me? Who have you put down as your deputy in your absence? So Nafi' said to him, I have put in charge in my absence a man by the name of Ibn Abza. A man by the name of Ibn Abza. So Umar ibn al-Khattabi said, Who is Ibn Abza? Who is that? So Nafi' said to him, Ibn Abza, he is one of our freed slaves. Min mawalina. He is one of our freed slaves. So Ibn Abza previously, before, used to be a slave. And then afterwards he became free. So he's a free man now, but he used to be a slave. So Nafi' said, I've left him in charge of Mecca. A person who used to be a slave. So Umar ibn al-Khattab said to him, you left somebody who used to be a slave in charge? Why was he asking that question? 
Because normally, normally, somebody who used to be a slave, and then afterwards he becomes in charge, are people going to give him respect? They're going to say, you used to be a slave. So they won't really give him respect and they won't give him authority. They're going to say, but him, he used to be one of our slaves just the other day. So they won't give him any respect really, will they? They look at him and they'll say, look, you used to be one of our slaves before. So Umar ibn Khattab asked him, you left somebody who used to be a former slave in charge? As if to say, will the people give him authority? Will they respect him? So then Nafi' said to him, that this Ibn Abza is a man who is highly knowledgeable of the Quran and of the laws of inheritance and fiqh and other things. But the main point, he is somebody highly knowledgeable of the Quran. That's why he had left him in charge, because of how much knowledge he had and his understanding of the Quran he was somebody who could be a judge over Makkah and rule over Makkah properly and fairly in his absence. Level of knowledge he had of the Quran, etc. So he told Umar ibn Khattab, that's the reason why I left him in charge. So Umar ibn Khattab said to him, he said to him, لَقَدْ سَمِعْتَ قَوْلَ نَبِيِّكَ He said in that case, that's your justification for putting a former slave in charge, in that case, you have definitely heard the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَرْفَعُ بِهَذَا الْكِتَابِ أَقْوَامًا وَيَضَعُ بِهِ الْآخَرِينَ That indeed Allah raises the people with this Qur'an and lowers others because of it, because of their negligence of it. So even though Ibn Abza was a former slave, he was somebody now raised and respected and given authority because of his knowledge of the Qur'an and his connection and attachment to the dhikr of Allah with the Qur'an. That's a narration regarding where this hadith was quoted by Umar ibn al-Khattab. Somebody who used to be a slave, he was freed because of his knowledge of the Qur'an. He was raised and given authority and respect by the people such that he was left in charge and the people they considered him to have the authority. In another narration, in Sahih Muslim also, Al-Qur'anu hujja laka aw alayka. The Qur'an will be an evidence either for you, defending you, or against you. The Qur'an will either be an evidence defending you, for you, or against you. فَالْقُرْآنُ حُجَّةٌ لِمَنْ عَمِلَ بِهِ وَتَأَدَّبَ بِآدَابِهِ So the Qur'an will be an evidence for those who act upon it and implement and practice the etiquettes from it they are upon the guidance of the quran then the quran will be in defense for them but those man a person who is negligent of the laws in the quran the halal and the haram transgresses the boundaries put down in the quran negligent of the rights then that type of person, it will be an evidence against him. Yaqulu Qatada, rahimahullah, one of the Salafi said, Lam yujalis hadha al-Qur'ana ahadun illa qama anhu biziyadah aw nuqsan. أي بزيادة في الإيمان والخير إن عمل به أو نقص من ذلك إن أهمله وضيع حقوقه. قتادة he said nobody sits with the Quran meaning reads the Quran or has some connection to the Quran nobody has that 
sits with the Quran, looks into the Quran, reads the Quran. Nobody does that except that when they get up, one of two things is going to happen. Once they've done that, when they get up, one of two things is going to apply to that person. Either he's going to get up and leave with an increase, meaning an increase in iman from reading the Quran, etc. and knowledge. Or he's going to get up and he's going to leave with a decrease. Because he read and he looked, but he was negligent of it and transgressed the boundaries of it. So he goes away with deficiency from that. That's why the meaning of it is the Quran is either proof for you or proof against you. There are actually books written by the scholars on this topic. Full books about the Quran, about your relationship with the Quran, how you're supposed to benefit from the Quran, how you don't neglect the Quran, how it will be an evidence for you or an evidence against you. Just this brief thing we've been talking about now, there are full books the scholars have written just on that topic. Here it's just a small chapter. Full books have been written on this topic regarding the Quran and how you should be with the Quran. لَقَدْ كَتَبَ أَهْلُ الْعِلْمِ فِي هَذَا الْمَوْضُوعِ آدَابُ وَأَخْلَاقُ حَمَلَةِ الْقُرْآنِ كِتَابَاتِ عَظِيمَةِ وَأَلَّفُوا فِي هَذَا الْبَابِ مُؤَلَّفَاتِ قَيِّمَةِ نَافِعَةِ وَهِيَ عَدِيدَةِ مُتَنَوِّعَةِ إِلَّا أَنَّ مِنْ أَحْسَنِهَا وَفَاءً بِهَذَا الْمَوْضُوعِ كِتَابَ أَخْلَاقِ حَمَلَةِ الْقُرْآنِ لِلْإِمَامِ الْعَلَّامَةِ أَبُو بَكْرِ مُحَمَّدٍ أبي بكر محمد ابن الحسين الآجري المتوفى سنة 360 The one who died in the year 360 الإمام الآجري He wrote a famous book around this topic of the Quran and expanded upon the types of things we've been discussing there He mentioned in that book الإمام الأجوري أنهى ذكره لتلك الآداب in this book آداب حملة القرآن بقوله فالمؤمن العاقل إذا تلى القرآن استعرض القرآن فكان كالمرآة يرى بها ما حسن من فعله وما قبح منه فما حذره مولاه حذره Oh, ah, the first part, so the believer, the intelligent believer who recites the Quran, the one who has understanding, he recites the Quran, he will then present the Quran upon himself like a mirror. He will present the Quran upon himself like a mirror. And he will be able to see what is good in his own actions that he's doing and what is bad. By examining the Quran and what the Quran says. He will look at his own actions in the Quran like a mirror. To see what he is doing for goodness and what he is doing for badness. So whatever the Quran warns against, he will be wary of and be warned from. Uh, and whatever the Quran uh, puts fear in you or, or scares you regarding from the punishment, then he will be fearful of it. وَمَا خَوَّفَهُ بِهِ مِنْ عِقَابِهِ خَافَهُ Whatever Allah threatens you with his punishments, then the person will be scared of that. وَمَا رَغَّبَهُ فِيهِ مَوْلَاهُ رَغِبَ فِيهِ وَرَجَاهُ And whatever Allah encourages you with, then you'll be enthusiastic for that. So whomsoever has that type of attitude regarding the Qur'an, you look at the Qur'an, you read it, and it's like a mirror for yourself. You can then examine yourself and present your actions upon the Qur'an. Are you implementing that in your actions or not? It is like a mirror showing you whether you're being good or whether you're upon evil. So that is the way a believer should be in his characteristic and he should always therefore seek to reflect the goodness from himself in that Qur'an and what he learns from it. That is where we'll conclude today. From next week we're going to start talking about more details of the Quran. This is the greatest remembrance of Allah now. Some of the details we're going to mention next week are the different levels of the surahs of the Quran. 
Some chapters of the Quran are more virtuous than others. Some ayat of the Quran are more virtuous than others. So some parts of the Quran have more virtue than others. So those different virtues of the Quran, that is where we'll begin with from next week, insha'Allah ta'ala. So we'll conclude upon that for tonight. Sallallahu ala bina Muhammad ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Any questions on that so far? After the prayer, the sunnah has told us what types of adhkar to do. Yes, the Qur'an is the greatest form of the dhikr mentioned overall as the speech of Allah, etc. But there are specific adhkar mentioned for specific times. After the prayer, specific adhkar have been mentioned. So it's not suitable for somebody to say, I'm going to abandon all of those and just do the Qur'an after the prayer. Qur'an is a great remembrance, but there are specific other adhkar for that moment in time after the prayer which you'll get the reward for in implementing the sunnah and reading so it is not suitable for somebody to say that he should do those adhkar and then he can sit and read the quran too Yeah, that kind of thing is mentioned. If you're in the middle of the surah, you can begin with the ta'awudh, al-isti'adha, that you say, a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim, and it does not require bismillahirrahmanirrahim in the middle of a surah. That is mentioned by some of them. Some of the scholars do mention that. It is possible, uh, especially if it is repetition. Like, for example, you're practicing a particular part, so every time you start that part, you're not going to start with Bismillah in the middle of a surah. So that is something some of them do mention. They do mention it is not requirement to begin with the Basmala in the middle of a surah. But you do begin with the Isti'adha. So we'll leave it there. We'll carry on next week, inshallah, approximately the same time, 6.45 p.m., inshallah ta'ala.